Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Alex Hoyer. Don Marsh will be back tomorrow. Another St. Louisan in South Korea is KSDK Channel 5 news anchor Rennie Knott. He joined me a couple of days ago from South Korea where he's covering the Olympic Games. I first asked him about the highlights of his trip so far. Well, it's sort of been a slow start. <laughs> I mean, the biggest uh, highlight has been all the travel and, and the hours that have taken to get here and the hours that have taken to get places around town. But the number one thing I've done so far is visit the DMZ, which is a demilitarized zone here between South Korea and North Korea. And um, to put one word on it, intense. It was an extremely intense experience. How so? Um, because you're standing there, you're at face with the enemy, an enemy that really doesn't care about you, and it would be willing to do something crazy just because. And you are under, the guy told us, at all times there were three machine guns trained on us from the opposite side. We also had the ability to have everything we said heard by the North Koreans because they have listening devices on us. We were told not to make uh, eye contact with the other soldiers on the other side, not to make gestures, not to point. Really, just to act like we're blending in with the uh, surroundings and that we're not really there at all. We're just sort of moving through. It was um, it's just this constant fear of danger that anything could possibly happen at any time. And to see these highly trained soldiers also sort of be on a high alert situation where they're constantly looking around and constantly trying to portray an image that they're not afraid, they're not worried, it, it, it makes you a little nervous. North Korea and South Korea are fielding a joint team for these Olympics and trying to, we've heard stories about softening the relationship, but it is indeed still mm-hmm. in, intense, as you say. Yeah, I think the whole move there with trying to unify the two teams, I think it's twofold. Now, I don't have any proof about this, any facts, but most of the people you talk to in the Olympic Village believe it's nothing more than just a propaganda ploy on the part of North Korea to make people think, oh, everything is great, we're a wonderful nation, they can get along with others, and then also this threat that's been going on between North Korea and the United States as far as uh, nuclear weapons. I think this is trying to pull the attention away from that. I think the reason why South Korea probably agreed to have this take place is that they also want people to come here and be more at ease, knowing that North Korea is going to have some of its own citizens within the borders competing uh, uh, in these Olympics. Switching gears a little bit, you are the local anchor. You are from St. Louis. When you go into these games, how do you map out a coverage plan? What are you hoping to give to our viewers here in St. Louis? Well, we have one athlete here who actually uh, competed in St. Louis. Her name is Nicole Hensley. She plays backup goalie for Team USA's women's hockey team. She played goalie for Lindenwood University. So she's one of our most um, connected people to the area as far as athletics go. But a lot of people in St. Louis have interest in all the other sports in the, in the uh, athletes as well and really love to hear good stories about the backgrounds of these athletes and how they became to be who they are today. And so I'll be looking to do things like that, to dive more into the human side of the athletes. Also, to give people a sense and a flavor of what it's like to really be at the Olympics, what it's like to go to the venues, what it's like to go to the restaurants, what it's like just to be in this environment of such you know, skilled, skilled athletes, some of the best athletes in the world, and then the excitement that people have to cheer on their own teams. And it was interesting because the other day I was walking down by the uh, Olympic Village for the athletes, and you look up in the towers there where they're staying, and they all have their flags hanging over their balconies. You know, the show that they're from Japan, the show that they're from the United States, Russia, wherever, wherever it is, they've got their flags hanging over the side. So there's a great sense of pride 
around here, yet at the same time, people are able to get along, and there's also a sense of peace. And so you want to try to get that to the public, to know that there's more going on here than just the results of the games. There's actually human beings that are doing their best to be at their best at the biggest times of their lives. This will be your third Olympics. You were in Athens in 2004 mm-hmm. and in London in 2012. So this is your first Winter Olympics. What is the yes. vibe like there at a Winter Olympics compared to the Summer Games that you've covered? Well, the, the number one vibe has been trying to beat the cold. <laughs> it's been anywhere from below zero of, of minus 15 to as high as 10 degrees. So it's not warm at all in any way whatsoever. And so the number one thing, you see everybody's kind of shivering and wearing coats and hats and sort of shuffling around. Not a lot of people milling about out, outside. However, last night as I made my way back from the workspace back to the media village, the bus that I was on drove through a couple of parts of town where there was a lot of gatherings of people, I think, starting to get hyped up that the Olympics are here. Uh, a lot of lot more foreigners were out and about. You could see people wearing their, their team colors and things like that to represent their countries. To this point, it's pretty much just been preparations people going about what type of stories they're looking to do and also, you know, trying to figure out what's the best way to get around without freezing to death. When can we see your coverage on Channel 5? Okay, I'm live every morning, uh, Monday through Friday, in our 5 a.m. and our 6 a.m. show. And then on the weekends, I'll be live in our 9 a.m. and in our uh, 9 a.m. show on Saturday and Sundays. The reason why it's only the morning shows is because of the time change. We're 15 hours different. So right now I'm speaking to you a day ahead of where you are right now. Other than the local athlete you mentioned, you mentioned human interest stories is mm-hmm. what you're interested in. Have you identified some other stories that we might be able to look forward to? There's 26 different siblings that are part of the competitions here, and one of them will actually compete in the very first event of the uh, Olympics, and that is the mixed pairs uh, curling, and those are the brother and sister team of the Hamiltons who are out of the Wisconsin area. And they are very um, supportive of one another. And I just thought that's a cool angle to talk about how siblings can indeed get along and siblings can indeed be teammates and achieve at the highest level. I mean, they've won world championships, they won the United States championships. So this is not just a brother and a sister with good luck. These are two people who have really dedicated to their sports pretty much their entire lives together to get here. Um, and then curling is also such a sport that people – I'm sort of interested in in the sense of what is that? Why do they do it? How does it work? <laughs> mm-hmm. And I like to bring that home to the people as well to give them a better understanding of the sports that they may never watch or may never know about. And now they go, you know what? That's pretty cool. I like to hear more about those things. You're the former sports director at KSDK. How has that, if at all, prepared mm-hmm. you for what you're about to do? Well, it's, it's weird you say that because I had that conversation with someone yesterday that in previous Olympics and in previous things I've done, I've only focused on the competition and the results and things like this. Well, now I can actually turn my back to the competition and look at what else is going on and, and see the, uh, the human emotions that people have to the results or what's, what's happening around them as opposed to just focusing on somebody making a mistake or somebody having a great game. Uh, it, for me, it's been sort of a weird transition because you come into something like this where it is a total sports environment and all you want to do is sort of look at the wins and the losses. But in reality, there's so much more to it than just that. And I think that's what the news side allows me to do. Uh, While people will get results every night on NBC's coverage of the Olympics, I can give them the other things that are going on around here. Because if all I do is regurgitate what NBC is doing, 
I'm not really advancing the story. So to me, advancing the story is going to mean turning my back to the competition and looking around and seeing what else is going on. At the same time, at the same time, still relating to those athletes and letting you know more about them. I mean, we know a lot about, say, Lindsey Vaughn when it comes to skiing. But what about some of the other members of the team? What about some of the other sports like, you know, uh, snowboarding or, or the freestyle skiing where people are just trying, trying to be creative as well as athletic at the same time? What goes into their thinking? What makes them so much better than the next person? How can somebody else achieve or where is this sport going to go in the future? How can you take it up a notch or two? I understand that you also had the chance to watch the Super Bowl with some military troops. Is that right? Yeah, it, that was quite an experience as well. We talk about the DMZ and, and how intense that was. At the same time, you could see these young men and women who come from the United States, and they're down at Camp Humphreys, which is the largest Army base for the United States overseas. Over 20,000 people are on this base, and it's enormous. And so we went down early in the morning, because it's about four hours from here. The Super Bowl actually kicked off here at 8.30 in the morning. So we went down there, and, and there were some NFL players there from the Washington Redskins, a couple of guys, a couple of cheerleaders as well from the NFL. And so the NFL had representation here in the country to, I think, to give the soldiers that sense that, hey, we do care, that we have had these protests, but we're not turning our backs on you. We're not ignoring you. We do love you. We do support you. We do recognize what you're doing for our country. But for that time that we are there, the world was put on pause for these guys. It wasn't about being on high alert. It wasn't about drills or preparing for, you know, some disaster with another country or some conflict around the world. It was all about cheering for their favorite football team. It was all about sharing the experience of the game with their friends, just like you and I would if we had gone to a sports bar on Sunday to watch the game together or just to watch the game in an environment with other people. It was really an electric time, a lot of smiles, a lot of guys talking about things other than the military. No one was talking about the threats from North Korea, North Korea or things like that. It wasn't a political environment. It was just a fun four hours and a relief and a getaway for these guys. And, you know, I walked away from that really enjoying it and also embracing the fact that these are young men and women in their 20s, the age of my children, who have pretty much said, look, I'm devoting at least these early years of my life to protecting the nation as I decide what I want to do with my future. And quite a few of them said, hey, I'm going to stay in the military and have a military career. And to make that commitment, knowing that at any time you could be called to any type of conflict in the world, to me is inspiring. And, and just a tremendous salute to them for being able to do that. You talked about the media village. I imagine that you have the opportunity to interact with journalists from throughout the world. Do you picture yourself as an ambassador to St. Louis in a way? Yeah, you know, it's, <laughs> you say that. And I have, I have had to explain what St. Louis is, I don't know how many times, <laughs> especially to people here in South Korea, because you go, okay, I'm from St. Louis, okay, where's where St. Louis? And I said, well, it's the Midwest, it's next to the Mississippi River, and then, okay, well, what else is around there? Because I think they're looking for perspective. So, so you know, it's, it's south of Chicago, it's, you know, about four hours by airplane from Los Angeles and things like that to sort of give them some perspective. But you actually are educating them about the Midwest, educating them about St. Louis. And it was great for me because I, I love to tell people about all the things that we have and we enjoy that no one really knows about. And so you, I was telling people about the Muni in the summertime and about there's more to the city than just the arts. I tell them about the hill and places they can go eat 
And they're like, oh, that's there. I go, yeah, it's, it's a really wonderful place. So maybe we'll get some more tourists to come into St. Louis because they might have the idea. Hey, that's another place in the States to go check out. But it, it's been fun to absorb other cultures at the same time, kind of get people to understand what we are in St. Louis, that we're not a flyover place. And we're a place of interest, a place you should come and visit, and a place you really should get to know. Well, it would be extremely difficult to think of a better ambassador for St. Louis than you, Rennie Knott. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. <laughs> well, thank you very much for that ending compliment. That was great. It really puts a smile on my face. And I appreciate you calling me and, and having me on. And again, I'll be here throughout the game. So any other time you want to check in and just kind of talk about what is happening or some of the things that I've experienced, please feel free to do so. That's KSDK Channel 5 news anchor Rennie Knott, who's in South Korea covering the Olympics. You can see his coverage in the mornings on Today in St. Louis, and the opening ceremony will be broadcast tomorrow night at 7 on Channel 5. Archived versions of past St. Louis on the Air programs are available for download or podcast at stlpublicradio.org slash stlonair. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. I'm Alex Hoyer. Thanks for joining us.